Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Sunday, August 15th, and we are doing a special recording after the Browns' first preseason win. And I'm your host, Rod Bloom. We have a couple of special guests along with uh, my brother, Jeff. How are things going, Jeff? Good, Rod. Happy after the first uh, first game to see live football, and the Browns did well. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, Slim, Slim Dog. How are things going, Slim? Good, good, good. You know, in a great mood since the Browns uh, looked pretty good yesterday, and and I'm glad to uh, be here once again. This time it won't be such a, uh, a serious uh, subject. You know, so it's kind of good right. to have have some with you know without the seriousness and and uh, uh, to do something that's actually really exciting. Yeah, and then we're going to bring in John Brown. John, how are things going for you? Hey, I'm doing well, Rod. Uh, thanks for having me back, man. Uh, you know, good vibes right now. Everybody's uh, in good spirits, and and uh, you know, a good first uh, preseason game under our belt. So, some good things to talk about. Yeah, it was it was fun to watch last night. So uh, we're going to dive into the game. Before we do that, at least a couple of us are enjoying a beer, I guess. So uh, so we'll talk about those, and then then we'll get into some Browns talk. Um, John, I know you I know you have something in front of you, so I'm going to let you I'm going to let you go first. I am drinking um, uh, an Ace uh, Pineapple Craft Cider. Um, it's a, a microbrew based out of California, and I want to say, and they do other uh, you know other flavors. Um, I was kind of actually first introduced to this out in Hawaii, uh, of course. Um, it's it's you know, I'm not a big fruit person per se, but I but I love pineapple. And so when I this was kind of introduced to me, and I thought hey, this this is pretty good. It hits right. It's not um, not overpowering. It's got good flavor. Pretty smooth. It doesn't have the bitterness of like a beer. Of course, it is. You know, with it being a cider, um, and it's got enough of an alcohol content that you drink a couple of them and you get a nice, uh, nice little buzz. <laughs> so it's an nice. enjoyable beverage. It's refreshing. It's good for, especially if like a sports. You know, kind of like if you're sitting down for a, an afternoon to watch some sports or maybe even outside, maybe sitting out in the sun or whatever. So yeah, it's uh, it's good. If pineapple is your thing, I'd, uh, I'd I'd say check it out. Yeah, sounds good. I, I've had uh, I've only had a couple of the ciders, but I had a pineapple one once, and it was it was really good. I don't know if it's the same one as what you're drinking, but uh, it was pretty enjoyable. So um, so yeah, sounds like a sounds like a good choice. Uh, Jeff, are you are you drinking anything? I know you're on a break from some manual labor and some <laughs> uh, some serious stuff there. I don't know, I don't know if you're drinking today or yeah, not. Um, big project going on right now. Uh, just replenishing the fluids with some Gatorade. Okay. Well, nothing wrong with that. I am, uh, I'm drinking, I'm drinking my last, uh, Wolf's Ridge brewing creamsicle, uh, beer, which is, um, I've talked about this before on, on the podcast. It really doesn't taste that much like, uh, like the, uh, orange creamsicle, like it says, but it's, it's got a pretty good flavor to it. So, um, I'm trying to get rid of the summer brews, you know, because we're, summer's kind of fading. We're getting into football weather where I'll be drinking a little bit of uh, different types of beers. So trying to get these out of the fridge. So this is my last one of these. So it seems like a good choice for a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> 
anyways, uh, that's about it for that. Uh, Slim, I think, is taking the uh, taking the afternoon off from, uh, <laughs> imbibing today. So, so we're going to move right into um, some Browns talk. And I just kind of wanted to go around and just kind of get just kind of overall impressions because I think what we'll do we'll we'll go through and talk about individual players that performance those guys which is pretty much what I think last night was about but I I first wanted to get your impressions kind of overall of just how the Browns looked and kind of what you took out of of the game from an from a Browns impression so I'm going to let you go first on this slam uh you know, you try not to get overly excited as a as a Browns fan, you know, and you get people on Twitter. You see people on Twitter saying, remember, it's only the preseason. It's only the preseason. But you could not help but be impressed. I wanted to see the depth of the team overall and how the, the depth of the team um, would be with the Browns. And I was impressed on the caliber of players, you know, uh, that they had, even from that first drive, uh, that was actually, if I correct me, if I'm wrong, but that was our second string against their first string defense, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was our second string against their first string defense. And we drove that ball down the field against their first string defense. And, it was just an impressive drive, and I was just, you know, that alone excited me uh, to see how those players did against uh, a number one defense. So I'd like to imagine what our number one offense would be against their number one defense, and you can't help but get excited about that. It's just uh, very impressive, and I'm just uh, very excited to see what the Browns do this season. Yeah, so what would you like to add to that, John? Um, you know, I, I think when you look at preseason, and, and of course this year obviously is different from last year in the sense of, you know, in-person practices and, and, and these types of things, and we've seen them talk about that, you know. Uh, and, and I think when you look at how Coach Stefanski brings this team along and his organizational skills and how he coaches this team and, of course, the assistant coaching staff, obviously – Normally, when you get into a preseason environment with these games, teams look, you know, dysfunctional in some aspects or, you know, out of sync or you see all the mental mistakes. And we didn't see any of that last night. We didn't see an excess of penalties. We didn't see, you know, guys playing out of position. We didn't see a lot of these things that you would expect. And so I thought with that, I thought, wow, this team looks organized. I mean, the talent is obviously there. But then when you put these other things in place with that it creates such a quality product and i think that's what we're starting to see and so um it is as easy as it was for me to be excited about the level of the individual play from some of the guys that we wanted to see um to see that as a whole was kind of w- one of the big things that i took away from it last night yeah and, and go ahead jeff yeah, that, that, those were great points. Um, the thing that struck me, I think, as I was watching that game was, you know, three or four years ago, if we were watching this exact same game and all of those guys were our starters, we would have been pretty excited. You know, 
I mean, yeah. we, we, we would have been going, wow, you know, Case Keenum is an established quarterback, you know, in the NFL. And, and you know, we've got a couple of nice prospects at running back there. And, you know, Demetri Felton looks pretty exciting as a late round draft pick. And, you know, JOK as one of our high picks, you know, really playing well. And, you know, we'd be sitting there going, man, you know, th- this year's looking looking pretty good, right? <laughs> with, with, with our second string. You know, there's there's an entire first string of players that we didn't even see last night, and I thought the team looked pretty dang respectable um, without any of those guys even being on the field. So that's got to get you pretty excited for for what's going to come in the regular in the regular season. Yeah, you make you make a great point in looking at it that way, Jeff. <laughs> I, I didn't think of that, and and yeah, there were a lot of guys that that um, you know that played last night. That I mean, a few years ago, they would have easily been starters on this team, easily. So I, I want to go back to what John said about the penalties, and I don't want to take anything away from the Browns because I I think everything else you said was correct as far as the team playing well and and uh, being very disciplined and everything. So I don't want to make it sound like I think the Browns committed a bunch of penalties, but they weren't really calling a lot of penalties last night. So for me, that's kind of a little bit hard to tell. I know that the it seemed like the Jags were holding a lot, um, you know, offensively and and defensively. So um, yeah, I think, and, and I and I think well, and, and they're and they're in practice mode too with the officials. And of course, in in any game, you're going to have missed penalties. I mean, I saw I saw one where one of the Browns DBs, and I can't remember, but it was late in the game. I mean, he, he, I mean, he, it was, it was almost blatant. He had a hold of the, the, the Jags wide receiver, I mean, by the collar, you know, by the collar and on the front, on the front of the pads. And I thought, how did you not see that? And, you know, he's coming right at, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, definitely they're, you know, and like I said, they're going through their, you know, it's preseason for them too. Um, But I mean, still, I mean, even the, the, you know, the mental mistakes that we would have normally have seen, you know, like I said, guys out of position or maybe jumping off sides or false starts. And, and we didn't see too much of that. So, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. They look they looked really good from that standpoint. I almost got a feeling on the, the penalties that the you know, maybe I'm wrong, but it, that the officials are trying not to extend the game because of it being preseason. Right. You know, like not have a whole bunch of do overs and everything. And, you know. Um, you know, I guess, I guess, I guess they can't really, they're not really putting time back on the clock, but, um, if you catch my drift, keep giving right. guys additional shots and everything where there's just more chance for injuries. Right. Um, that the first defensive penalty, defensive interference penalty was against us. And that was in the fourth quarter, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, it was in the fourth quarter and it was against us. And I was just like, wow, they finally called one. Yeah, so I, I think they were kind of letting him play, probably with a purpose. So, um, so let's go. Uh, you know, I've got a list here, but um, yeah, I tell you what, we'll go through my list of players who stood out, and then okay. we'll kind of go around and see if you guys just want to add to this list because okay. I started making this list and. It's a pretty good sized list of guys who did something in the game last night that you right. said, "Hey, this guy's, you know, wow, he looks pretty good." Um, I think the first guy, kind of that jumped out to me, and I know the Browns started on defense, and I'm I'm skipping around here, but was uh, was 
DPJ, and everybody wanted to see Donovan Peoples-Jones in this game because he's done so well in practice. And everybody's like, well, you know, we got to see it in a game. We got to see it in a game. Well, we saw it in a game last season already, but, you know, he he looked good. Uh, the, the thing that uh, caught my eye was that he was the first guy out there, too. So, um, and the first guy that they were throwing the ball to. So, in my eyes, it almost feels like he's in the driver's seat and he's probably the number three wide receiver. So, um, John, I'll let you go first on DPJ and let me know what you think of that. Yeah, um, we, we saw him make some a couple of nice snags um, last night. There was one, um, God, I can't remember exactly. I think I want to say it was either late in the first quarter, maybe the early second quarter where it looked, it almost looked like, you know, the ball got away from, from Keenum, but it looked like the pressure got inside and it looked like I couldn't tell if he was just trying to throw it away or if the ball just got away from him. But, you know, DPJ went up and made kind of like this, you know, this almost like uncoordinated kind of one handed snag and he, and he, mm. and he still pulled it down and came down with it. And I thought, okay, yeah. wow. Yeah. He, he you know, like up by so his he, head or something. Right? Yeah. And, you know, and he, and so he made some, it's, it, it's almost the kind of ball that you look at and go, okay, it's preseason. The guy's going to give up on that. And then he went up and snagged it. And I went, Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, he made some of those plays that I thought, okay, he's, he's continued. He's carrying over what we've been seeing you know, in, in the practices and the, in the scrimmages and things like that. And so, so it was nice. So there's that consistency that he's already starting to seem to establish. And we've heard all the, you know, we've heard his name a lot this, this year in the off season. And, and now we're seeing why um, a little bit, you know, even more in game, in game situations. So, yeah, I was, I was excited watching him, you know, make some, making some plays last night, you know, in that sense. So, yeah, I, I was excited about him. Definitely. What'd you think about DPJ, Jeff? Well, just a quick reminder that he was a sixth round pick last year. And to think that, you know, in one year he can go from being a sixth round pick to us talking about him being our, our number three guy and you know, maybe more than that down the road. Um, wow. What value, what value yeah. from, from a sixth round draft pick. I like the fact that he's, he's a big, fast, um, you know, can take over a game. So Hey, I'm thrilled that he's doing well. I, I, I want to see him keep doing that. And Slim? Yeah, uh, just to add on to what everybody else has been saying, I'm very excited about him as far as all of the um, as far as all of the wide receivers. Uh, he's just amazing. And I remember when uh, he came in in the sixth round and we took him. And people uh, were excited about him because they knew the potential that he had and that he wasn't used in the right way at Michigan and how Urban Meyer also went after him as a wide receiver at Ohio State, I guess, too. I I thought I read something uh, about that, that Urban Meyer, you know, really liked him because uh, they saw the potential. Yeah, they saw the potential in him. And oh, my God, from. You know, you saw him start to shine at the end of last year, but holy cow, watching him last night was just amazing. And and I agree with you, Ryan. I think he's going to be our third receiver, wide receiver. Uh, Higgins may need to have to have some outstanding preseason games because uh, uh, DPJ set the uh, set the tone last night. He set the tone. He did. And while we're talking about wide receivers, said. Uh, Demetric Felton, and let me start with you on this one, Slim. He he played quite a bit last night, 
and he did not line up at running back. Okay, so people have been talking about, you know, Demetric Felton and, um, you know, taking Dearness Johnson's spot as a third running back. He didn't, he didn't take a handoff. Okay, he, he lined up in the slot and, and, you know, and out wide as a true wide receiver last night. And he wound up, I think, with four catches for, I think, I think he had four catches, 44 yards. I don't have that right in front of me, but um, he, he looked pretty good as a receiver. So what are your thoughts on Felton? And is he, he's, is he a wide receiver? Do you, do you really think he has a shot at, at uh, being the number three running back on this team? Um, I, you know what? As a, I saw him as a wide receiver, and I was uh, thoroughly impressed. I mean, dang, you know, the Cleveland Brass has done such an outstanding job um, picking these later round uh, uh, prospects. And with Felton... Man, because I was, you know, not to go off topic, but I was impressed with Davion Davis last night, too. You know, he did he did really well. And yeah. we're just stacked. We're just totally stacked at wide receiver. So um, I don't know if they're going to use Felton as kind of a, one of those special type players where they just line them up, up at running back and, and at wide receiver or maybe a slot and use them in that type of way. It's just it's hard to say. It's going to be hard releasing some of these guys you know because they're going to get picked up right away and and it just shows the type of talent that cleveland has you know you keep saying well on paper but it's like up and down the whole roster is is just amazing so it's hard to say it's really hard to say if they're going to use them as a third running back or not so so jeff what do you think of felton and what do you think he is yeah, I don't know. After watching him last night, I, I don't see him as a running back. Um, maybe that's just part of his game that, that they were they really didn't showcase for us yet. They're holding that back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess w- what I'm thinking is when these cuts start to happen and, and, and the, the roster gets shaped up, um, the Browns are going to have to decide between – some of these guys that give them um, flexibility. Yeah. The, the, well, yeah. Versatility, flexibility, yep. um, you know, different ways to take their offense, different ways to yep. take their special teams packages and stuff versus just pure depth guys, you know, in case there's an injury, you know, and, and, you know, the trade-off there is that Dearness Johnson looks like a between the tackles runner versus Felton who you know probably isn't going to give you that but he can give you so many other options as a as a roster spot you know so yeah I don't know I mean they're they're going to have some tough choices to just you know decide what what's more important for this team going into the regular season and John what do you what what's your take on Felton um, and, and actually, I'm, I'm going to make one kind of go, circle back really quick one, on, on DPJ really quick. Uh, he kind of <laughs> – I was watching him last night, and I had this, this kind of this thought, and I thought he looks like he could possibly be the guy that we thought we were getting out of a former first-round pick from Michigan. That's what I saw last night on the DPJ, a guy that's explosive, makes catches. We saw it last year, flashes. So if, if he can continue to push that ceiling with his athleticism and his size – 
you know, it'll be interesting to see what we get out of him. So, and, and, and yeah. to Jeff's point, that's a six-round draft pick versus what we thought we're getting, you know, from another guy. As far as Felton, are, are, he may, go ahead. John, are, are you are you are you hitting DPJ with the Braylon Edwards label? Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, he said what we thought we were getting. I mean, let's face it, we got one season out of Braylon Edwards, essentially. Yeah, it was yeah. one and, great and, season, and then his—I mean—and then he was pretty much stone hands the rest of his time here. Yeah, and 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 and. And of course, that was a different squad in terms of the talent that was around him. And I, I think that the, the, the luxury that DPJ has is being behind a guy who's got the work ethic of Jarvis Landry and the guy who's got the athleticism and skill level of, a, of an OBJ. And, and to take those types of things and use those tools and learn from them, that's what I think that we can possibly see him continue to grow. And, and, and you know, what are we going to get out of him for, for a ceiling? So. That'll be, I think, interesting. And so, um, you know, the size comparisons are there with Braylon, you know, athleticism, those types of things. So we'll, we'll see what we get. And it's, just, it's just it was a thought last night when I when I was watching the game. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. as far as Felton, I was watching and, 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 I, and I try not to get into the comparison game, but you're going to hear it a lot today because, you know, with some of these other players, it's the same thing. And, and, and to Jeff's point, that's what I think of in terms of Felton is that utility, versatility, he seems like he can fill some ro- roles in small bits and pieces. We just want to make sure that we're u- that the, you know that the, he's being used correctly. But he reminded me a lot in some aspects of in terms of his size, his athleticism, um, how he moves with the ball and things like that. I kind of, in some ways, little shades of you know an Eric Metcalf in some aspects is what I saw a little bit of the way he catches the ball. He had a catch last night where I think it was I think it was Kyle. Uh, I mean put the ball just beyond the reach of the defender and he in in Felton just reached out and snagged it with his hands and pulled it in for for a catch that was and I an thought, amazing nice, catch that was nice amazing. catch nice catch and and to see that out of a guy and I know that he I know he spent some time um you know you know with this with the all-star circuit you know coming out of college with the all-star games that they kind of had him doing receiver and tailback and even kick returners and things like that so it'll be interesting to see how we're using him um, and you know, it, could he be third down back? Yeah, possible. I mean, uh, it, it'll be, you know, it'll be, it's going to be interesting in, in, to Jeff's point, a lot of these guys, I mean, I, I don't remember seeing Schwartz last night, but is he a slot guy only, you know, can you put Felton in the slot as a wide receiver? Do you move him out of the backfield? You know, you can do motion things. This team is all of a sudden built on depth talent and, and they've got these guys that are like chess pieces that they can mix and match and move around. So, you know, I I was, I was really Felton is a guy that kind of stood out a little bit to me last night. I know he had that, um, that catch, I want to say it was third quarter, I think where he came down and it looked like he buckled his ankle and I just went and I held my breath, but he hopped right back up and, 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 but I was just like, please no injury bugs. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it's going to be fun to see how we utilize these guys, who makes the team, how they develop. So yeah, this is, this is getting, this is getting fun. This is getting this is getting to be a lot of fun all of a sudden. It is, yeah. And, and I'm going to go back to Slim because Slim, you brought up uh, Davion Davis, and I'm thinking, where did this guy come from? I know they just picked him up. Um, yeah. I'm thinking this guy was on the. This guy was available. I mean, he's been on the. He's been with the Browns for like a week. And the guy yeah, looked, looked like it. He looked, <laughs> he looked he incredible did. out there. 
Yeah, yeah, he was catching to... catching everything. I mean, He's that's who things. stood out to me the most. You know, uh, that's who stood out to me the most. I mean, right now was uh, Davis. You know, just this unknown guy that was just out there just catching everything, man. It was just, I can't wait to see next week. <laughs> you know, think, what's this guy week? do when he learns a playbook? <laughs> right. You know? If he's around long enough. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's the problem. I'm thinking he, he showed enough last night that if the Browns cut him, he's he's not going to have a problem finding a job. He, yeah, he's going to – he'll be he'll be the number two or three wide receiver for some team. <laughs> yeah, he had a great game. I mean, he's, he's an undrafted guy out of Sam Houston State in 2019. Um, he's been with, you know, a couple – well, he was with Minnesota for, for a while, and I think they gave him a few chances. But um, – it just goes to show you when you, you know, when you plug guys into a solid system, they can look really good. I, I think that's part of it that we might be looking past here is that, you know, now that the Browns have sort of laid that foundation we always talked about and they've got a consistent approach to things, um, they should be able to plug guys in like that and, and have them thrive. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. you don't also, also, I think just the, whole attitude of the of the Browns team you know you're not there just to get a collective paycheck and not do anything there's real serious competition for spots for a good team that some analysts are talking about could be there uh, at the end of the season for the Super Bowl so I think you're going to see players you know do their best to try to get on this squad. So the whole attitude is just changed. It's just amazing to watch. It's, it's kind of scary, you know, makes me nervous. Yeah. Well, um, we're going to, we're going to get into potential cuts a little bit later. So I'll, I'll say what I was going to say, um, at this point. So, um, but I, I love Davion Davis and, and what he, what he showed last night and it really makes you think, man, they might have something in this guy, and it it really makes you look at the rest of the roster, and it's like, wow, can we figure out a way to keep this guy? So, um, yeah, but but with the other guys in front of them, it's almost impossible. So, so yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be challenging at at, at least for uh, and, for and Andrew Rod, Barry. Yeah, Rod, one one more quick thing on Felton. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but they used him on special teams last night. And I think on one play, he was like mm-hmm. a gunner and he made the tackle. And I thought, okay, this guy's balling out. Oh, I missed that. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> I, I, th- I I thought he had made the tackle on one of the on one of the punt coverage, or it might even been a kickoff. I can't remember. I just remember you know him being in the mix, and I thought, okay, you know, and that's the thing. I think you see a lot of these young guys come out, and they and they're like, and you hear a lot of times you hear it, but you don't necessarily see it. But you hear these guys goes. You know, whatever the coach needs me to do. And yet we're seeing that with these players that they're bringing in. Um, and, and so that's the one thing. And, and, you know, I'm willing to make this team by any means necessary. Put me wherever you need me, coach. And we're seeing that out of players like Felton, you know, and Davis and some of these guys. Yeah, so um, I'm going to move on to Kyle Laletta. Okay, is, is the talk of, of uh, extending Baker Mayfield premature? I'm just kidding, guys. Anyways, um, <laughs> Kyle Lallotta looked pretty decent last night. So um, you guys didn't even laugh at the Baker stuff. 
Anyhow, <laughs> I do, we're becoming I numb. Mute. I was on. I was on mute. So we're becoming okay. numb. We're becoming numb to it, Rod. We're becoming. Numb I know. To it. Yeah, I thought Kyle Lovato looked looked pretty decent. I mean, it's hard when you've got the uh, you know the third string quarterback in with the with the, the third team, and he's playing against the second or third team defense. But I mean, the guy looked like he like he can play a little bit. So it, it kind of gives you. Um, you know, it kind of makes you think about whether he can be, you know, the second string guy, um, you, know, you know, or where he kind of falls in the Browns plans. But um, I guess I'll, I'm just going to go to you guys. And, John, I'll start with you on this one. What do you think of, of Laletta? Um, what do you think his future is? Um, you know, and, and uh, what does this do um, for the Browns as far as uh, Case Keenum? Um, how, how do you feel about uh, Case Keenum? And if somebody came knocking, would you trade Case Keenum and be comfortable with Kyle Lalata being the backup? Um, you know, I actually, you know, I tweeted out, you know, like right at the end of the game, I was like, you know, if depending on how we watch him grow through the rest of the preseason, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem making Lalata the number two guy. And, 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 and what I'm looking at it from, and that's not to take anything away from Case Keenum. Um, you know, Keenum was, you know, obviously brought in because he knew Stefanski's system, you know, and he's got the experience in the league and he was going to be a good mentor. But now I think we're okay turning Baker loose. And, and, and so when I look at Laletta, I see a guy that's a little bit bigger than, than Keenum, a little bit stronger arm. I didn't see any accuracy issues last night. It looked, you know, any of the drops that I saw <laughs> were, were hitting dudes in the hands. Um, but I, I saw a guy that seemed like he had pretty good control of the team, pretty good grasp of the offense. And and sure, and you know, and we always go, oh, but it's preseason. But I, I didn't, I wasn't uncomfortable at any point in time or go, ooh, uh, you know, that type of thing. Um, yeah. You know, if you could possibly trade Keenum, ooh, maybe. But, I mean, who's going to – somebody out there may need a quarterback. I mean, but Case is what? I think 33, 34, somewhere in that neighborhood, um, you know, reliable. I mean, if you know, you could – actually, you could bring him in as a starter, possibly as a backup if you need to fill that hole. If somebody came knocking and, and offered you something reasonable for him, yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But, I mean, I just – I liked what I saw, saw out of Kyle. And, 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 you know, I wouldn't have a problem if the, if the Browns – chose to keep him and, and, and parted ways with Case, you know, or vice versa, to be honest. But I do like Kyle as it, from a youth perspective. You know, he's younger than Keenum by, I think, eight years. Um, yeah. So there's that, too. But um, but you also look at it, what if Baker gets hurt? <laughs> do you feel comfortable turning it over to a guy down the stretch if you're making a playoff run? You could probably do that with Keenum. You may not be able to do that with Laletta. So those are the factors you have to consider. I think that's what it comes down to for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to you, Jeff, and and get your thoughts on what Kyle Lalada did last night, and you know who you want at the helm if Baker goes down for you know for any kind of period of time through the season. Uh, yeah, I think John again hit it on the on the head. Um, you feel comfortable with Kyle Lalada. You'd probably feel comfortable with a lot of guys as your backup because of how stable the team and the offense is now. Yep. Um, so yeah, you, you know, you, Pittsburgh made uh, Mason Rudolph look good. So that goes to show yeah. you how, how easy it is to, you know, 
step in and into a, you know, a solid franchise. Um, we're just, we're used to those guys having to put the team on their back and that's just yeah, not necessary right. anymore. So, so a guy like Kyle Loletta can come in and do what he does and, and be, you know, effective. He's not going to have to set the world on fire. Think about, you know, when Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are playing, <laughs> you know, well, how much, how much pressure is there really on Kyle Loletta, you know? So I made the comment to you last night or yesterday afternoon during the, or yeah, last night during the game, Rod, um, that I think there's going to be some surprising cuts this year because mm-hmm. of, of the level that the young kids are playing at and, you know, how much drop off is there really between your starter and your, your number two guy at that position? And can you get away with guys who are younger, less expensive versus having to pay guys that, you know, have been in the league for a while, don't have that high ceiling, but can, can step in and you, and you know what, what you're getting from them. I think we're at a point with this franchise where we're going to see some of those guys start to ride off into the sunset and this roster transition to, you know, younger, more talented guys, less experienced guys in those backup roles. Yeah, I agree. It's for me, it's kind of, um, it's kind of difficult because you feel like the Browns have positioned themselves to try to make this run. So it's like you kind of want to hold on to all this depth and experience until you feel like you've been successful at making this run, whether it takes a season or two or three, however long it takes. you know. And then you feel like eventually you're going to have to retool a little bit and let some guys go get younger and all that stuff. So it's going to be interesting to watch to see how the Browns do it because obviously they're going to have to let some guys go because you can't keep everybody because of the just you know the salary cap and the way things work but um i I don't know uh we'll we'll talk about the cuts here in a little bit because i want to hear some of the guys you're thinking of jeff as far as who you think uh you know might be um you know might be on the bubble who we're not thinking about yeah okay um I think I, I think it's Slim's turn on Kyle. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's fine. You guys have like pretty much covered all the bases on Kyle. I, you know, me personally, I just want to see next week. You know, coming up, uh, or I should say this week, coming up with this week's game and how he does. You know, uh, coming up this week, uh, like you guys said, he's he's in a great system, and you 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 know you want to go with the youth movement. You know, I like Case Keenum a lot. He knows the, the, the system really well. But if Kyle keeps uh, – if he does this week what he did just this past uh, Saturday, you have to start thinking, you know, uh, they might look at the, the money situation and uh, and with the system that, that he will thrive in. You know, he's got pieces there. Like you said, he doesn't have to do much. You know, when you've got a OBJ and, and Landry and, and, you know, and the uh, and Chubb and Hunt and, and just so many great pieces to where he doesn't have to do it all himself. So uh, I think that's going to be a recurring theme over these next couple of weeks uh, that some of these cuts uh, might be some people, you know, that we uh, may not be happy with. But, you know, it's for the uh, better good coming up in, the, you know, the next one, two, three years from now. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, guys, I, I went into last night 
wanting to see what Kyle Oletta did, but it was my thought that I really wanted Case Keenum to be the backup this season just because I felt more comfortable with him if something happened to Baker. I saw more out of Kyle Oletta last night than I expected. Um, you know, he looked a lot better than I thought, and I think that is because of the team and just the way the guys played. So uh, the thing is, we'll probably see him play, what, at least probably eight quarters, you know, over the preseason. So it's going to be a pretty good size, you know, sample size. Um, so he's going to give the Browns some some good tape to look at, and, you know, um, we'll see, see what happens. Uh, I'm going to transition to defense, and I'm going to start with uh, I'm going to start with with Greg Newsom. I just wanted to get your thoughts on Newsom. We didn't see a I don't think we saw a ton of him last night. I don't know how much he played, but um, you know he he looked like he played pretty well. Um, <laughs> that's my thoughts uh, for a rookie cornerback going up against a first team. Um, what did you guys think? And Jeff, I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, I don't think there was a lot there um, in terms of snaps. I mean, they, they they gave him a taste and then they got him out pretty quick. I think. Yeah, I I, I right, thought so. Right. I mean, they showed him some early on, and it really didn't. I didn't see him afterwards, so I wasn't yeah. sure when he left. Yeah, I mean, Greedy got a few snaps early. Um, you know, then then you saw a lot of the younger, um, less experienced guys out there, and I think both of those guys. Um, played well the time they were out there, but really didn't make any sort of case for who, you know, who the starting number two cornerback is last night. That That's probably going to come, you know, after the third preseason game. Yeah, probably so. John, do you have any thoughts on Greg Newsom from last night? Um, you know, I, I think, I think when you look at it from the standpoint that we can't remember him standing out, might be a good thing. You know, as a rookie, a lot of times you're like, okay, they're committing pass interference. They're doing things that are th- that they shouldn't be doing. Getting and that's beat. when they kind of, yeah. you know, and they pop out. And, and we that's did see that. Point. I know, you know, and I know he did, you know, he was on the quote unquote losing end of that one long pass play from, uh, you know, in the, f- in the first quarter. But it's a busted play. You're scrambling to make coverage. And technically Greg was right there when the catch was made. And it was actually just a good play by the receiver. But, I mean, he had a couple of tackles, um, you know, a quiet night. And, and I think that's kind of what you want at this point. Um, I mean, you don't expect him to go out there and, you know, intercept five passes and score two touchdowns and all that kind of craziness. I mean, we kind of got what we thought out of him. And so I, I was kind of happy to, to – and the other thing is, you know, you want everybody coming out healthy. So that was the next thing, too, is you know, these guys – come out healthy greedy played and you know and and thankfully to see that there was no ill effects from him getting back out on the field so you know that that's kind of been you know that was the good thing that i took away from seeing greg and you know out on the field yeah do you have anything to add to that slim i don't actually you know i just didn't okay. see to me personally i didn't see enough of him to to really say anything yeah. so i remember seeing him on one or two plays and that's about it so so yeah so, Slim, I'm going to give you the honor of beginning the discussion on JOK because oh, he good. looked like he My looked goodness. like he might as well mail in the ballot for rookie of the year right now. Right, he he played like his hair was on fire. <laughs> he, he was just he was just he was fun to watch, and the big discussion when. Uh, my brother and sister and I were at the Pikes Peak uh, uh, Brownsbackers uh, bar. 
was that what position is he going to play? You know, people were asking, what is he? Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? He's a hybrid. He's a hybrid. And, and, and what he and what he did is exactly, I think, what people expected to see from him. But he did also more. He was just impressive. The the hits that he was putting on people, he was just all over the place. And, and uh, I think I think he's going to be just a great piece uh, to go along with Garrett and and you know, for blitzes, blitz packages, and, and things like that. I can't wait to see what the defense is going to do with him because he, rookie of the year, you, you got to talk rookie of the year, uh, a defensive rookie of the year with him. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, just impressive all the way around. So, Jeff, what would you think? I mean, he, he was going sideline to sideline, making sacks, covering people. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, it was he just crazy. plays at a different he, speed. Yeah, and well, and he played the he played the whole game too. Yeah, yeah, the whole game. Yeah, I mean, the question was, you know, his conditioning uh, after being out for a while with COVID, um, and yeah, he played the whole game. Um, he he impacted plays up until the very end of the game. Um, what was it like? It was eight tackles, a sack, and two quarterback hits. I think, uh, plus a yeah. whole bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting to think about what he's going to be capable of doing once he's fully integrated into the defense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so John, are we, are we too excited about JOK because this was Jacksonville or no? No, not, not at all. Nope. Um, <laughs> trying to trip you up. No. Um, and, 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 you know, and you, and you guys have heard me say this and I've been saying it since the draft and, and, you know, and it's kind of funny. I'm watching him last night and it just reaffirmed what I've already seen and what I've already said. But it, there's one other piece to it. I wish the kid was wearing number 29 because I'll be damned if he doesn't remind me of Eric Turner. I watch him play and he explodes through ball carriers. He pursues the ball aggressively. He hits you and you feel it. You will remember it. And and so and and watching him last night was no different. Um, you know he he you know t- he got to the running back, exploded in the backfield, and tackle for a loss. You know he got in there and got in there on a sack, and they had him all over the field playing. You know and you just it was kind of funny. It, it you couldn't not watch him. You, he as soon as you picked him up on a play, you're like okay, you just you gravitate to him. And to Jeff's point, perfectly, he plays at another speed, and we haven't seen that in Cleveland in a long, long, long time. Um, and just the physicality that he brings is what we have needed on the defense for a long, long time. And that's not to take anything away from Miles Garrett. Miles plays, I mean, the dude's a beast. He's a man, he's a man amongst boys, but that free roaming back half of the field, linebacker, secondary, you need a guy that plays and explodes to the ball. And, and that's what, and, and I think, I think as we see him get comfortable in this scheme, and as he starts to be able to break down plays and read recognition and all that, he's just going to get better. And he and that's just going to be scary for the other teams that we that you know that's the guy that they're going to be picking out in film sessions. Going okay, when we play Cleveland next week, keep your eye on that guy. And and I I think everybody should be excited for the kid. Man, he is fun to watch, and it's just going to get better. I'm I'm stoked. I'm stoked to watch this kid play. 
Yeah, and like we've been saying, this was the second team out there other than, you know, JOK. So put that first team defensive line out there to put a little bit quicker pressure on the QB, and it's just going to make it, you know, all that much more fun to watch. So, yep. so, so Jeff, I'm going to go to you for the next guy, and that's Richard LeCount. And, man, he, he looked like a steal last night. Yeah, he um... – he was flying around for sure. Um, he was, I mean, he was a, 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 just a tick off on a couple of things. Um, but nice to see him healthy and, and playing the way I think he was originally expected to play before the injury. So, uh, yeah, another another guy to get excited about. Um, the depth is is crazy to think about. You know where we have come in one season um, versus the real struggles to cover last year, um, even with a bunch of guys on, you know, uh, that are hurt right now with little soft tissue injuries, you got guys like him that are stepping in and, and playing well. So that bodes yeah. really well for the season. Yeah. So what do you think of uh, Richard LeCount? I think uh, he, he did amazing uh, yesterday uh, considering, you know, he, he was projected by some people to be a first or second rounder before he had his injury. And he definitely looks definitely the role. Uh, uh, He was all over the place and, and we were worried about the safety, you know, the depth of safety. And, and after watching him, after watching him last night, uh, I think we, I think we're covered on that, on that aspect. Uh, Like I said, I want to see, you know, this is, First game of the preseason, we're excited about that, but I'd like to see the second and the third before I turn around and go all in and, and see what happens. But got to be impressed with uh, with this kid, uh, and I hope I hope he stays healthy. I hope he really stays healthy because if he stays yeah. healthy, we got to steal. We got to steal. I think so. John, do you have anything to add on uh, Richard LeCount? He was um... – he was he was fun to watch last night, and you know we saw him kind of show up on tape. I think he was the one that had the interception on the hail mary right at the end of the half, yeah. you know, and that's kind of always yeah. just you know. But he had that one. He almost had that that play earlier yes. in the half, where he almost had that that interception where it looked like the dude came out of the stands. I mean, <laughs> he, covered, <laughs> he, he covered the whole field, and like you know, I was like, where did he come from? I was like, that, I was like, it looked like the dude came off the sidelines to make the play. I was like, wow. But yeah, I mean, the the ball pursuit, um, the way he played, I I thought was um, was a, a good sign. I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, we're you know, in in to Slim's point, and now we look and, and say, okay. Before we was like we had no secondary, and now we just got this huge influx, and it's just like okay, how do we how do we determine who we want to use and, and mix and match these pieces, and with the athleticism, um, and, and and those types of things, the tackling ability, we saw a lot of good tackling last night, and he was in and he was a piece of that, so that was the thing that I was impressed with with him was his ball pursuit skills. Um, and, and being around the ball, he was consistently around the ball, and, and so yeah. And, and, and to some point, I mean, to 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 have a guy that you get that late in the draft, 
Um, you know, I, I, I like the fact that Andrew Barry is willing to take a risk on a guy like this and say, OK, if he's injured, we take a flyer and, you know, let's see what we got. And if he pans out, great. And, and it already looks like that he may be a guy that has the potential to pan out for us. Um, they touched on him. Oh, and, yeah. and, the, and I, I know I talked to you guys a little bit before we started this and kicked this off. They touched on him a little bit in, in building the Browns. Um, in, in some, in some, a couple of, just a couple of minutes, but, uh, and, uh, they touched on him. So it seems like even the organization is kind of like looking at this guy and saying, Hey, we like having this kid in the building. So yeah, he, I, I, I was really happy with this play last night. He was fun to watch. Yeah. I'm He's looking a, at the, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Swim. you're fine. Uh, I was, I'm just looking at the, uh, uh, on Twitter at the, uh, Quiology. And they said in 37 snaps, the count had a 90.4 overall grade. <laughs> and he's he's the kind of guy that they take in the draft, and you're thinking, okay, he was supposed to go higher. He's coming off this injury. He, he's a developmental guy that maybe he'll contribute, you know, next season or the season after that. And he comes out and plays like this in his first game. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, you – like Jeff said, he was a little bit off here and there. You can tell he's still got some things to learn. Yeah. Man, you can just see the ability in this guy. So, yeah, um, they, they've just got talent just, just, just dripping all over the field. Right? It's just oozing all over the place. It's crazy. It does. It, it is. It's crazy. And, and when you look at the fact that they brought in Johnson, when they, you know, they brought in JG3, and, and, of course, we had Harrison coming back from last year. Delpit, we're we're still kind of waiting to see what we can get out of him. Um, but now you look at that 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 safety room and go, wow, um, you know we got some we got some talent here. And then you've got Rich, you know you got Richard LeCount, and and you go, okay, <laughs> you know how do we how do we use all of this? And 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 so yeah, it, it, you know, and and all of these young guys can learn from like the you know like a JJ three and and some of these guys. So that's going to be the benefit there in terms of how they, you know, what are we learning, you know? And again, like I said, we didn't see a lot of guys playing out of position last night. I mean, I guess you could say drastically. You didn't see a lot of notoriously blown coverages with dudes wide open, um, you know, for touchdowns or or, or large gains in in that in that sense. And so, what we're seeing out of that that group of young guys in that in that second and third level of the depth chart, I mean, we're seeing good football. And I mean, and I, I know as Brown fans, we're not normally accustomed to that, but it, it's it's just it's refreshing to see this taking shape. So I've got one more guy I want to bring up only because I wanted to watch him play and I really only noticed him on the field once. So I want to know if any of you guys saw Curtis Weaver actually play or in on plays. He had a couple tackles and I think I missed him. So did any of you guys see him play and what were your thoughts on Curtis Weaver? I don't think he played that much. I remember I was, hearing his name. I remember hearing yeah. his name, but I can't remember on I think on, he had a, maybe a tackle for loss or or Yeah, I think so. Nice play, I, think but so. I, I think I missed it. I, or didn't realize I was kind of keying in on keying in on him in the second half. I mean, he was he was playing left edge. Um he looked a little slow to me. Um just just, you know, the plays that I saw him on, he was a little late getting in. Um, so, he, you know, he may not be fully up to speed yet. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's why I don't think he played. I don't think he played that many snaps. 
I don't think no. he was out there that much. So, okay. So, guys, I've kind of gone through my list. I've got a few others, but I want to give you guys each a chance to to throw a name or two out there if you want. So, so John, I'll let you go first. If there's anybody else you want to to bring up to talk about who you, you know who stood out to you last night, or just anybody interesting. Um, I, yeah, there was one other person uh, that that I kind of saw last night, and and you know, in a couple, but and it wasn't you know it wasn't like making big plays or making a big splash or anything like that but it just like he was coming in and effectively doing um doing his job i guess so to speak but you know but you know helping others make plays maybe even in that sense but that was uh uh togiagi out of ohio state i saw him in on a few plays that he either he you know you know, push the pocket in a certain direction or, um, you know, you know, that kind of thing to where somebody, it allows somebody else to make the play. But I thought on a few plays, I thought it looked like, um, he brings, um, good for a defensive tackle, so to speak, but good energy and good, uh, good athleticism. And, and, and with the defensive tackle, when you look at the, the depth that the, the team has, that might be, you know, I, I think he could be in, in position to see some playing time um, this year. So he was the only other person that, that came to mind last night that I saw him on, you know, in on a few plays. Yeah. So um, uh, DT, DT is very interesting because there's so many guys fighting for a few spots there. Yep. yep. So Slim and Jeff, do you guys, um, uh, who'd you notice at DT? Because they had a bunch of different guys out there. Uh, Jeff, did, who, who'd you see that you liked? Because um, uh, Marvin Wilson was in the game late. I'm trying to think who else was even out there. Um, I mean, uh, Sheldon Day. Sheldon uh, Day had the sack early, right? He's He's been the guy that everybody's been talking about in camp, um, you know, rising up the, 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 the boards um, for the depth chart. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, he looked really good early on. Um, uh, Billings played, which I didn't know if he would play or not because he's penciled yeah. in as a starter. Yeah, he was um, he was out there for a little while. Um, you know, gosh, it, there's just there's just so many guys there um, that it's just going to take somebody like Sheldon Day playing really well in camp. Um, to, because to, nobody has him down as the guy who's going to make the team. No, but, but guess what? He he probably will based on you know the way he's performed in camp, um, and it's going to come at the expense of somebody like Marvin Wilson, uh, who you know just didn't do anything to distinguish himself. Yeah, yeah, he didn't didn't no tackles, no no anything. I mean, it, it's hard to think that a DT is going to get in there and play a quarter and necessarily get a tackle. But, you know, I mean, if he didn't get a pressure or a tackle, you're thinking, well, what was he doing out there? Uh, but you don't know if he was double teamed the whole time or, you know, what was going on without really diving into the film. So, um, Slim, do, do you have any thoughts on DT and what you saw last night or anybody that you noticed? Uh, nobody on uh, DT, but, you know, speaking of lines, uh, uh, I'll pop over to the uh, – uh, offensive side of the ball and uh, Michael Dunn, uh, the left guard, impressed me uh, a bit. And and he held his own uh, last night. And I saw he was out there uh, mauling a couple players. And uh, uh, I'm interested to see uh, how our offensive line. I kind of watched that a little bit 
uh, last night more so than the defensive tackles because I wanted to see how um, our second string offensive line would go against uh, go against the first team go against the first team defense. But uh, yeah. for me, my for me, Michael Dunn uh, from Maryland, he he stood out for me, and I want to see more of him. You know, he's six five, uh, three fifteen. You know, and and I know that we were looking at some uh, possible line line O line depth. So uh, I may watch that more him and uh, offensive line more. So uh, this coming game coming up this week. Yeah, I think Michael Dunn and um, Drew Forbes are the only two guys I really saw people write about or talk about who they thought had, you know, kind of stood out much on the offensive line. So I tried to watch Drew Forbes. He was blocking guys. He wasn't like pancaking guys or anything. So, I mean, it looked like he was doing his job, but I mean, he's going up against, you know, third team defense, you know, late right. in the game. So, I mean, right. he looked okay. I mean, how do you know if he's any good until he's, you know, playing against ones or twos at least? So, yeah, exactly. uh, so I, I wasn't really excited about Drew Forbes. I thought, well, he, he's playing at least finally. So, um, but yeah, I think a lot of people like uh, Michael Dunn. Uh, Jeff, did you did you watch much of the offensive line? Well, you know, I, it's no secret that I'm a big James Hudson fan, um, and I watched yeah. him start at left tackle, and then switch over to right tackle. And you know, I think he got called once. Um, yeah, probably got beat once or twice. Um, you know, in general, the offensive line didn't really create any push last night. I don't know if that was part of the game plan that they really didn't try to establish the run. They were, you they were know, pass blocking. Yeah. more pass blocking and, and a, lot of, a lot of screens and stuff. Um, but, um, you know, Hudson's ability to play both tackles and, and do well, I think yesterday yeah. sort of indicated to me that um, he's that guy that they're grooming to be their, their swing tackle. And yeah. um, Chris Hubbard's probably in trouble. Um Beyond that, um, I would say that there were a couple of guys in at the end of the game. Um, Alex Taylor and uh, Greg Sennett. Sennett, yeah. I'm not sure how you say his name. I think it's Sennett. Um, but, uh, man, those dudes are huge. I mean, you're looking at two of the biggest human beings I've ever seen on a football field playing tackle at the end of the game. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got you got to think that one of those guys is, is going to stick as as that developmental guy, you know, that developmental tackle. So, oh, yeah. um, hey, I, I, like I said, I like Chris Hubbard and I think, you know, as a veteran, there's a lot to be said for his presence in the locker room and all that. Um, I don't know this. This if you know, this could be one of those tough calls that we talked about. Yeah, I agree. So let, let's talk about the because we could probably talk about, you know, individual players for another hour. But let's talk about cuts and potential cuts, because the Browns are going to cut five guys um, Tuesday or by Tuesday. So um, I've got I've got a list of I don't know how many guys. I wrote down nine guys who are potential cuts. And um, I'd kind of be surprised if most of the cuts don't come from this list. Just because they're they're guys that people aren't talking about. So you guys tell me which of these guys you think are most likely to be cut, um, and uh, you know, or if I'm way off base on any of these guys. So 
Um, and again, these are in no particular order, just kind of guys I wrote down just looking at the roster. And if I have anybody written down here who's not on the team anymore, just kind of let me know, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, it's this it's, guy's it's, dead. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little hard. <laughs> Make you know I'm telling you guys, if you go, if you look at the Browns roster online, um, you find ten different rosters. It's really hard to know where the actual ninety-man roster is. So I think I found the right one, um, but but yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to keep up with. I mean, and the Browns are always making moves too. So. Um, First guy, first guy is Javon Patterson. He's the the number three center. Uh, then I've got um, Romeo McKnight, defensive end. Uh, let's see, Malik McDowell, who's a defensive tackle who is injured. And I mention that only because of possibly the play of some of the other defensive tackles. Alexander Hollins. Um, my guy, wide receiver, who's has no chance to make the team now. Um, Emmanuel Rugamba, cornerback. He played. I think he played some last night. I just don't know. Um, yeah. There's, you know, there's depth there, but he's probably one of the last latter guys. Um, Connor Davis, who's probably the number five tight end. Cordell Iwanagua, guard. I think he played some last night, but he was like in with the last group. Fourth. Yeah, Damian Square, he's a defensive tackle. He 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 didn't play last night, did he? I don't remember seeing him. I don't remember seeing him at all. And yeah, I don't I don't know if he's hurt or what, but if he didn't play last night, he's in trouble. Um and then Corey Taylor is like the number five or six running back. Yeah, I mean he played last night, but I don't know if he did anything. He's probably behind the other guys. So so that's nine guys. Who do you guys think is most likely to be cut? Um, Jeff, I'll let you well, go first. I would say all nine, but they'll have to cut. <laughs> Eventually. I don't think any of those guys um, are making the team. No, I don't think any. I mean, the only one I would say um, might stick around for a little while um, is Connor Davis. Um, I, th- I thought Jordan Franks played a lot more, uh, but didn't really yeah. play that well. I mean, he, he had some really rough looks um, on some passes that sort of clanged off his hands. So maybe Connor um, Davis looked better. Might might yeah I don't know he okay. might have might have put himself ahead of, of that guy you know for another week um, that's, that's but yeah I, I would say that all those guys probably get cut eventually um, probably after the second preseason game right I mean when 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 the next round of cuts comes I, I don't think any of those guys will be on the team yeah and what what are your thoughts Slim if you want to say the very first one I'll probably have to say maybe Corey Taylor. Um, you know, uh, I just think our running back depth is, is now pretty much set, you know, uh, with Felton being there and, and to possibly use as, as a running back, uh, Corey Taylor may have to go look for work somewhere else. I think he probably will be the first. And then, uh, Rugamba, I think, uh, may also, uh, maybe on borrowed time as well. Yeah, so that's that's two guys. Yeah, they're they're cutting five. So um, yeah, so take your pick of the rest of them. <laughs> yes, yeah, take it. Yeah, okay. Roll the dice. Yeah, roll the dice on the rest yeah. of them. Yeah. What, what do you think, John? Or anybody you want to add to the list? Um, 
you know, I, I, I hate picking on people, but I, you know, and, and again, maybe it was by design last night, but even when they tried to run the ball, and I don't know if it was either just due to the offensive line or the people that they had at running back, but like, uh, I think John Kelly, I thought, I, mm-hmm. I just, I was not impressed with him. He couldn't break tackles. He didn't right. show, he didn't show bursts of speed, no elusiveness. And I just, and they just kept trying to give him the ball. And I thought that, okay, they're feeding him to try to see what they have and, and just nothing ever developed. And I thought, okay, if we're doing, and, and again, and I know it's the preseason and all those disclaimers, but if he's doing this against, you know, uh, what I would call an inferior team of lesser talent and you're not making things happen, I thought, okay, this guy isn't long for the squad. Um, he's kind of the one that stood out to me in that, in, in some sense, mm-hmm. because the running game was so ineffective. Um, uh, you know, and then, of course, I know we talked about the tight ends basically every tight end I saw last night, if we cut all of them, I wouldn't be disappointed. I was just like, it was just like watching, it was like watching somebody try to build a house. It was just like brick, clang, clang, brick. And I was just like, dude, somebody catch the ball. And none of them did. So those guys are out there to take reps. Yeah. Yeah. The other guys aren't playing. I I take that back. I think there was one tight end that made a good catch. And I thought it was Carlson. I thought it was Steven Carlson. Um, And and in fact, in fact, he made, and in fact, he made the catch. And I thought, and I thought it was a wide receiver first because of the of, of the body control on the hand, and, and then it was Carlson. And I know he's been on and off and on the team, you know, for a couple of years. I mean, he's the number four guy. Yeah. So yeah. The question is whether whether he makes the fifty three or not. Right. Right. And so, you know, you I thought your list was 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 pretty on point. And again, like I said, I mean, and to Slim's point, we do have depth at running back, and I just can't see Kelly making this you know making the squad and, and if he was one of the ones to get cut this week it wouldn't surprise me after what i saw last night so. yeah and i'm not going to disagree with you because i don't think john kelly's making the team but uh, really nobody had a good average last night even yeah. dearness johnson i think his average is about the same as as kelly's they're both yeah. averaged under under a yard to carry yeah. And nobody was doing anything last night. And Kelly did have, I think Kelly had four catches for 44 yards too, didn't he? I think Something he had like, like the yeah, same he had, yeah, he, was yeah, he had, yeah, he caught one or two screens, I think. Um, yeah, so I mean, he looked okay the there, but he's he's not making the team. He's just not. So, um, so yeah, I don't disagree at all there. So, um, uh, John, you're the only person who's had a chance to watch Building the Browns. You want to uh, do you want to give us a minute or two of, of other stuff? You talked about LeCount, but is there other interesting things there you want to clue us in on? Yeah, yeah. They, um, they you know, the, they did. Uh, this one touched on um, the two guys, the two two of the big names, I guess you could say, coming back from injury and in, in Grant Delpit and uh, Greedy Williams. Um, and they and and they dove they they they, they dug into both of them pretty good. Um, you know, we got to meet, uh, Greedy's family, uh, and, and talk to him a little bit. Um, and then, you know, talk to Grant in terms of coming back and, you know, what's kind of going through his mindset. And also not only that, but they did talk to, to Joe Woods and, 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 you know, the coaching staff and saying, Hey, what, you know, what do they see out of these guys? What, you know, what did they see from not only the work ethic that, 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 that they put in to come back? But what are they seeing now that they're getting back out on the field, um, putting in some reps? Um, and so it was it was a it was a nice little, um, you know, bit of insight into to seeing what those guys did to come back from injury 
and, and what, you know, what their approach is, you know, where they're at mentally. Um, and then I think the other person that they talked to was uh, Chad O'Shea, the uh, passing game coordinator, and wide receiver coach, and, and talked about what they're, what they're working for in, in terms. And so there was a couple of times there was some good back and forth that we saw with, with people like Jarvis and, and OBJ. And, and uh, there was a nice little conversation that he had um, post-practice where he was walking off the field with uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And we get to hear that conversation that he has with him. Um, so there's some really fun, fun stuff in, in, in this episode. Well, that's cool. I think um, I think we're all going to be checking it out a little bit later today. But they they do a, an excellent job with that. So uh, so that's cool. Thanks for filling us in. And yeah. uh, we're going to put a wrap on this, John. So I'm going to leave you with the floor here and uh, let you give us any closing thoughts or comments that you'd like to to uh, present us with. Uh, you know, it's 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 kind of the I think as I mean all of us. You know, the four of us here. We're all long time, you know, suffering Browns fans. I mean, we're all, you know, children of that 70s era. And, and, and you know, we grew up through that 80s era with, you know, the cardiac kids and burning those guys. And, and all of a sudden, it seems like we have a functional organization. We have a good coaching staff. We have, I mean, a ton of talent. They're going to be cutting people that, you know, in the years we would have had to keep. And, and, and it's just, it's almost surreal. I mean, I, you know, even just watching a preseason game last night, I was like, wow, this just feel. I mean, it, it's like it's like a completely different. I mean, it's like we're in an alternate universe all of a sudden. And so um, it's just, it's the same old thing. It, this is, you know, we always say there's next, you know, we're waiting for next year and all this. Is, and we always get excited and the new talent and the new draft. But this feels legitimate. It feels like we have legitimate yeah. reason to, to be truly excited for what could be not only a great season, but a continued foundation as they, they put a structure and a culture in place to make this this organization a long-term winner that that we deserve to have. We as fans, the city, um, you know, and we as Browns fans, I, I, th- I think we all, do, I think, you know, those that have, that have weathered this numerous storms, um, this is exciting. I, 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 it's hard not to just get you know, emotional about it. Um, but yeah, this is, this is going to be a lot of fun. Sure is. And Jeff, I know you got some work to get back to, so I'm going to let you, uh, give us your closing thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a fun season. Um, there's one guy that I think we missed that I don't know how we could end this show without giving props to. And that's, uh, Johnny Stanton, Mr. Fourth uh, Quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I had him written down. I had him in the Switzer <laughs> written down because I think the Browns kind of like, I kind of felt like the Browns showcased those guys because I don't know if they're going to make the team. And I, you know, I think they want to make sure they catch on with somebody. Well, and, and Ryan Switzer, I mean, that we, that's a whole separate story. I think, you know, uh, yeah, him, yeah. him getting to do what he did last night after what he's been through was just awesome. Yeah, um, absolutely. But Johnny Stanton last night, I mean, he reminded me. If we're doing comparisons, John Peyton Brown, if we're doing comparisons, uh, a little bit of Peyton Hillis in his one good season here. Um, yeah. And and I'll just throw this out real quick that uh, Andy Janovich has no guaranteed money this year. Um, so that's going to be a fun competition to watch. So, and, yeah, and, and, so that's not not uh, not a guaranteed situation is what you're saying. 
And, and was it just me, or did you guys get annoyed hearing them call him by uh, the wrong name every single time? <laughs> Stanley, Staley, I was like, please, just get it right, just once, just once. And right. they I don't even <laughs> want to talk about those dang Jacksonville, Jacksonville analysts. Oh, my God, man. They were just uh, awful. They were I was awful. like, you, you normally have a written roster right in front of you. Please, can you not read? But uh, story for another time. <laughs> now you guys know I was I was watching it on the NFL Network, and then I realized after a while when when I caught up on the recording and stuff that it was on an, it was on another channel here, and I actually got to flip and watch the Browns announcers, and it was so much better, <laughs> so much so much more fun, so right. much more fun. Right. So, so uh, Slim, I'm gonna let you give okay. us uh, your closing thoughts. Yeah. First of all, thank you all for inviting me again. This is, uh, as always, it's always a good time. You know, always fun uh, just talking shop with you guys and, and talking about what's going on. You know, not only with the Browns, but, you know, uh, just, some, you know, certain topics in life. So um, I'm always honored, Rod and uh, Jeff, when you guys ask me to come and come and talk on. So thank you once again. But uh it's a very exciting time. You know, you don't want to get overly excited as a Browns fan, but after watching last night, you have to have some type of confidence that this team is going to do very, very well. Um, you know, people always talk about, well, on paper, you got to talk about how they're going to be cohesive, how uh, injuries come into play. We're, we're stacked. I mean, I hate to say we're, we're stacked. We probably have one of the, the best rosters, if not the best roster in the NFL. I mean, I'm sorry. I have, I have to say that. I have to say that, and especially after watching last night. And uh, uh, it's just exciting time to be a Browns fan. Uh, when I went to go take my daughter, you know, as we had in the previous discussion, she went to go uh, to the pharmacist to get a shot. I have my Browns gear on. I have Browns T-shirt on. Brown's hat, and we walk into the Walmart uh, to the pharmacy to sign her up. And pharmacist looks at me, and he, and he goes, "I have to ask you something." And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Are you from Cleveland?" And I said, "Yeah, I was born and raised in Akron, in Northeast Ohio." And he said, "I'm from Bowling Green." He goes, "I'm a huge Browns fan as well. I can't help but be excited about this season." And we just started talking shop. I mean, you just never know who you're going to run into and the people that I have run into uh, at the airport, whether it be the airport or here in town and stuff are genuinely excited. A lot of people are saying that, that this is the most excited that they've been ever as a, as a Browns fan. It's an exciting time for this team. I think it's time uh, to quiet the naysayers, uh, chance that, you know, the, the Steeler fans, and for me here in Colorado, it's the Broncos fans. Oh, it's, you know, the same old Browns. It's the same old Browns. This is a different Browns team. This team knows that they can do well. And and Stefanski and company have these guys not only hungry, but they have them humble. You know, a quiet confidence yeah. that, that that I I love seeing. And I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna do very well. I think it's gonna be a great season for us. I agree. The Browns, second and third team, handles the Jaguars twenty-three to thirteen. This has been the Browns Blitz, 
and we will catch you next time.